Let me bless you as we get ready for this time. Right now, I bless you in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully during this time. I bless you that you would experience healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I bless you that you would know the guidance and help of God during this time. And I bless you that you would know peace, that you would know love, that you would experience real joy and the goodness of God during this, this time. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. Okay, welcome back to our, our study. We are now in an exciting series, to me <laughs> at least, called uh, The Bible Land and Biblical Faith. The Bible Land and Biblical Faith. And, and I'm just overflowing with excitement. I, I am, I'm thinking about this all the time. I am, I'm, I'm thinking like so many messages ahead and, and I'm just loving every second of studying for this. And so I can guarantee you I'm having more fun with this series than you are. But I want to bring you along a little bit with me in this, in this journey. I love pictures. I love maps. I love archaeology. I love the joy of being reminded that these aren't just stories, but they're stories that happened in real locations, in significant places. And so much of the why of, of certain events is connected to the where. And, and, and when it comes to this, this land, we are going to be studying the very real land of the Bible, specifically over the next several weeks, different regions throughout the promised land. So we're going to go on this journey together. Now, this is kind of our first region that we're looking at. Last week we were doing this overview of kind of the ancient Near East and kind of zooming in and kind of looking at the Bible, the, the land of the Bible in, in one big swath. But if you were going to begin your first region or area, where would, where would you begin, you think, in this study? I gave this a lot of thought, you know, things that came to my mind, Jerusalem, kind of a big deal, you know, start, start there. Um, I thought about maybe Jericho, come, how they came into the land through Jericho and kind of starting there. Um, there. There's a lot that takes place, like Abraham lives a lot of his life down in the south, in the Negev, in, in this area, Hebron area, maybe there. Well, after thinking about it, I decided to start at, at one of the most ancient spiritually significant, politically significant, historically significant locations in, in all of the land. A, a lo location, though, that we tend to generally overlook because the Bible is very Jerusalem-focused, and, and rightly so. The Bible is about Jesus. We're, we're, go we're talking about Jesus, and so, so Jerusalem is, is so much a part of the Jesus story. It's where he's... Um, crucified and, and raised from the dead and, and where the Holy Spirit uh, shows up at Pentecost and, and we want to know about this Jesus person, Jesus the son of David, uh, Jerusalem, uh, D David's Jerusalem, um, Jesus the, the one who is uh, the lamb who replaces us in our sacrifice, like the Abraham story of Isaac and his sacrifice and God providing the lamb and that's all taking place in the Jerusalem area. Um, Jer Jerusalem is, is a big deal in the Jesus story, and Jesus is the big deal of the Bible, the biggest deal, and it's the big, Jesus is the biggest deal of this church, and in my life, and I hope your life as well, is about Jesus, right? It's about Jesus. So, I, because we're so rightly uh, focused on Jerusalem as we read through the Bible, because we're focused on Jesus, uh, we, we tend to miss a few other pretty significant 
connections about other lo uh, locations. And we can forget that Jerusalem was pretty much I insignificant spiritually and, and politically until David. So for 400 years, the nation was in the land before David, and Jerusalem wasn't even worth um, living in for, for God's people. They didn't, they didn't possess it. And then you have, then you have um, the thousand years from Abraham until David, and, and Jerusalem is pretty much a, a spiritually a non-issue, spiritually and, and politically. So, so, but, but, yeah, so instead of starting with Jerusalem, I want to start at the ancient spiritual significant location and it's this area called Shechem an area called Shechem which is which is up north but before I before I, I do that I want to read to you the same passage that I read to you last week in Genesis chapter 12 and I want to highlight something that we we pretty much usually overlook but so let me just read what I read last week Genesis chapter 12 and and this is what what it says it says Yahweh the Lord said to Abram Abraham, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, verse 4, Abram went as Yahweh the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarah, which is probably a smart call. He, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the site of Shechem, at the Oak of Morah, at that time the Canaanites were in the land, Yahweh, the Lord, appeared to Abram, where are we? We are at Shechem. And said, to your offspring, I will give this land. Before this moment, it was go to the land I will show you. At Shechem, I will give this land. So, he built an altar there to Yahweh. Abram builds in Shechem his first Yahweh altar here. He, so he built an altar there to Yahweh who had appeared to him. Again, this is taking place in Shechem. The whole land is the promised land, but Shechem is the promise land of the promised land. It's where the promise of the land is made, where Yahweh appears to Abraham. And, and so Shechem becomes the spiritual soul of, of the promised land. It becomes the, that, that soul, at least for the entire nation, for 400 years. And then for the entirety of the nation, other than just during the lifetime of David and, and, and uh, Solomon, uh, other than their lifetime, the whole, the ten northern tribes, most of the nation continues to hold Shechem as the soul the spiritual soul of the nation. Lots of spiritual significant stuff takes place here in Shechem. For instance, um, connected to this being the soul, when God's people are about to take the land, when they're about to move in with Joshua, when they're about to conquer the land, Moses, before they do this, Moses gives them a, an instruction. 
And he tells them where to go and set up their first altar as a nation and where to worship. And this is what Moses commands the people in Deuteronomy 27. He says, when you have crossed the Jordan, you are to set up these stones on Mount Ebal, which is Shechem. It's, Mount Ebal is at Shechem. Shechem is right at the base of Mount Ebal. As I'm commanding you today, and you are to cover them with plaster, build an altar of stones there to the Lord your God. Do not use any iron tool on them. Use uncut stones to build the altar of Yahweh your God and offer burnt offerings to the Lord your God on it. There you are to sacrifice fellowship offerings, eat and rejoice in the presence of Yahweh your God. Write clearly all the words of this law on the plastered stones. And this is what Joshua does. This is what Joshua does. After Jericho and then Ai, he goes straight to Shechem. He goes straight to Shechem where Mount Ebal is. And they build an altar there. And they do burnt offerings there. They, they listen to the leaders of the nation as they read out the blessings and the, the curses. The blessings when it comes to obeying God. And, and the curses connected to what happens if you disobey God. They were set on these two mountain sides, Mount Ebal and, and Gerizim, which we'll talk about for a second. But it's at Shechem here. The promised place. Where Abraham builds his first altar in the land and the nation remembers this. Where Jacob is also builds an altar here in Shechem. Where, where the nation goes and they first come into the land at the command of Moses and Joshua. We're talking about the big deal ancients of the, of the nation. They are all pointing at worshiping and altars and sacrifices. Shechem as the spiritual soul of the land. It's an amazing land. Let me show you where it is on the map. Uh, okay, here's the map. Now, we talked last week about the major highways, uh, the international highways, and I've highlighted those in green. Those are the most significant, uh, important highways of the ancient Near East. Now, you can see they kind of go around the center, around the heart of, of the, the promised land. And in the middle of the land, there's a yellow highlighted road, and that is the only... It's the only and therefore most important north-south road in the land. It's the only one that goes all the way north-south like that. It's called the Patriarchal Highway. Why is it called the Patriarchal Highway? Well, because on this road, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the patriarchs, the, the grandfathers of the nation, they spent a lot of time walking up and down this road and a lot of significant life events take place right along this road. Shechem, circled in red, is, is right on this road. It's kind of at the top. Abraham would be going down. and um, so, so there you go. So you can see Shechem and its vicinity, vicinity right there on this highway. The area is beautiful. It's amazing. Look at this picture. It, it's this amazing, fertile, fertile valley. Uh, great for, for food and and, and, you know, lots of, lots of food, has decent amount of rain, has a lot of springs, has enough fresh spring water. As you can see in the distance, maybe you can see the arrows on the map. You can see Shechem sits right between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal in the, in the distance in this valley here. So you got Mount Gerizim, Shechem, and Mount Ebal. A, a very, let, let's look at a, a different picture. How about an aerial view of this area? So this is, this is an aerial view. You've got Mount Gerizim. You've got Mount Ebal. You've got Shechem there in, in the middle. Um, just 
uh, just so you know, Sychar, which is just to the right, on the right side there. Um, in the New Testament days, Shechem was kind of destroyed or, or not, not any, the people lived then in the New Testament days, in Jesus' day, in Sychar. That was kind of like the, the where the people lived. Uh, but you can see, you know, Shechem right there with those two sacred mountains. Uh, here's a shot of some ruins, uh, some of the ruins of, of Shechem. Uh, with, you can see the slopes of Mount Gerizim going up to the left, Mount Ebal going to the right. They just kind of come down to this place. There was uh, worship areas and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, what I'm wanting you to see, though, is, as we're reading through the Bible, Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal, Shechem, Sychar, they are the same place. Like, they're, they're right here. They're right here. We, we see different names in our minds, but it's, it's one location. And so many significant things happen. I can't even list all the significant events that take place right here in this moment, but, but maybe a few. Not only was this place significant for Abraham, Jacob also bought land near Shechem. And uh, here's, a, here's a picture Here's a picture of kind of where it is. So you got Mount Gerizim, you've got Mount Ebal, you can see Shechem, where the arrow is pointing at Shechem, and then there is a circle, Jacob's well, right? Jacob's well. It's, it's right outside of Shechem, Jacob's well, and that's where Jacob dug a well, and where he bought land. It's the only land that it seems like he bought in, in the promised land. Um, his family lived there for for a while, um, he built an altar there when he, when he lived there. Uh, the story that, w that we see in the Bible is a big story of why they left this area. And basically because the older sons were upset at what the prince did to their sister. I don't know how, what the age span is here, but something bad. And, and so they decided to circumcise, uh, they got the town to circumcise themselves. Um, funny little thing there. And then they went in and they killed them while they were recovering. And, and Jacob was upset and they kind of moved out of the area because people didn't like them much anymore. But he had bought this land and, and those events took place right here. But, but again, when Joseph, uh, sorry, Jacob, when he is dying in Egypt... And, and he is kind of giving his final words. He, he gives this, this place here to, jo to Joseph, to, to his son Joseph. And Joseph ultimately, is, his bones are brought back here when they move back into land. And he's buried here in this, in this area here. Very, very significant to the Jacob story. Um, another picture. This picture is Mount, from Mount Ebal looking across to Mount Gerizim. And maybe you can see there's a natural bowl on the other side. This is the location where, and you know Shechem is just down, just down in between them here, uh, just slightly to the left. This is the location where the tribes, uh, um, half the tribes were on, on the hillside of Mount Gerizim across, and half were on the, the hillside right in front of us in Mount Ebal. And this is where they had the hearings of the blessings and the cursings. Right, right jo Joshua chapter 8, that's, that's taking place right here in this area. Fun fact for you, Mount Gerizim, which is across the way, it's the, it's the mountain where the blessings were pronounced, or the mountain of blessing, and it is fertile. Uh, Mount Ebal, barren, the, the, the mountain of, of cursing. Uh, just fun fact to this day. How about another picture? This picture is from the top of Mount Gerizim, looking down. Mount Ebal is just to the top. Shechem is right there in the middle. Again, 
many stories take place right here. Right here. It's a very significant place. Um, one that you may or may not remember is after David becomes king and he takes Jerusalem, he, makes, he tries to make Jerusalem the soul of the nation, the new soul. And his son Solomon builds a temple there. He brings the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And, and we talked a little bit about how Jerusalem was re wasn't really anything before that point. Well, I just want to remind you that um, that season doesn't last very long with David, with David and his son Solomon as king over the whole nation. In D David's grandson becomes king. And when he becomes king, there's an instant rebellion. And most all of the nation rejects Jerusalem and David. We stay focused on Jerusalem and David's lineage in the Bible, but most of the nation, 10 of the tribes, uh, are a part of this northern kingdom only. And the, the king of the northern tribes, the ten, most of the nation, is named Jeroboam, and he sets up his capital. Where does he set it up? Shechem. Right here at the spiritual soul of the nation. And, and, and all the nation is very, very great access to everybody else. But, but to, to, the, to the ten tribes, Shechem is by far, by far more anciently significant than, than, than Jerusalem. And, and it's not even close to them. It's not even close to them. I guess the drawback to Shechem was it wasn't super safe. Actually, it gets invaded quite a bit, easily attacked. And so that's why they often set up a second capital. Like um, Jeroboam sets up a capital at another extremely significant spiritual location called Penuel. And I'm, I'll, I'll talk about that more when we're in that region. But So when Shechem was attacked, even during his reign, he had this second capital to, to kind of go to and, and lead from. Um, but again, kind of like I said last week, each part of the land has different faith lessons. Different strengths, uh, different weaknesses. Y you, would, you would look at, at uh, Shechem and you're like, the challenge here is not food. It's not water. It's safety. And so they didn't have to push themselves to trust God with food. They had to push uh, themselves to trust God with their safety. And will God protect them when the, when the enemy comes? Again, Jerusalem could look at Shechem and be like, I wish I had that kind of food and water. And Shechem could look at Jerusalem and say, I wish I had that kind of safety. But, it, but we got to keep remembering, it's, it's, it's not about what we don't have. We need to be focused on thankfulness and praise for what God has given to us, in Shechem's case, abundance of food and water, and then trust God with the rest. In their case, safety. In, in their case, what, where, where they, where they were uh, less, yeah, less protected. And now that was last week's message, message and, and not this week's message, but I, just, I want to just remind us to keep saying focus on thankfulness and then trusting God with the rest. Okay, back to Shechem. Because the Bible stays so focused on Jerusalem, as it should, as it should, I think we greatly underestimate how the majority of the nation... I, I keep saying this over and over again. The vast majority of the nation hardly bought into the city of David, Temple of Solomon, Jerusalem, mumbo-jumbo to them. They're like, what is Jerusalem? Like David tried to do something there, but, but this is the soul, the significant place up here in Shechem. 
It's the place to their mind. Again, I've said this, where Abraham built an altar, where Jacob built an altar, where Moses commanded them to build the altar, where Joshua did build the altar. It is the place, it is the soul, it is where the ancient big deal people in our nation came to worship. And then in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, and that's, that's later, that's um, after Babylon captivity and people are coming back into the land. Nehemiah 444 BC, easy enough. So around 444 BC, um, the Samaritans see that Ezra and Nehemiah, they're trying to reestablish Jerusalem, and they, they cause problems with that reestablishment, and they have for the last 100 years, um, 80 years um, leading up to that moment. And so, and there's been this contest, and so what, what uh, Samaria does, this, this Shechem area, is they build their own worship center at the same time that the Jews are trying to reestablish Jerusalem. They build their own for, for the people of the north. And then Jesus, then Jesus is walking through this area. And, and Jesus is, is walking right past this place on that main road. And he comes and he sits down at Jacob's well. And there's a woman there from Sychar, from, from this area, right here. They're sitting there, the mountains, Gerizim, Mount Ebal, Shechem, Sychar, Jacob's land. There's right here at the same place. And he has this conversation with her. And she asks him for the majority of the ancient nation, uh, tribes, an extremely legitimate question that because of our focus in the Bible being Jesus and on David's line, we think is kind of stupid. But it's actually extremely significant. And I hope you can see why they would have such a thought. She says this, they have this conversation in John chapter 4, and again, let's try and move past our Samaritans or idiots issue, and, and just think about all that I said today. And she says this to Jesus, she, sa she says in verse 19 of John chapter 4, Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. She's not just talking about her grandpa and her great-grandpa. She's talking about Abraham. Moses commanded. Joshua, all 12 tribes worshipped here first. Jacob, the, the, the well that they're sitting at, they worshipped here, altar here. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews say that the place of worship is in Jerusalem. Like, what even is Jerusalem? Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Very significant conversation. Now, I feel, I feel strained because so many events take place in this area. Uh, so there's a lot of archaeology uh, still in this area, there, there's here, stuff here geographically and, and, and that, that I, I want to point out. And I don't have time to mention all the amazing things of just this particular area. So, I'm going to experiment this week by giving you a gift. 
Here's, here's my plan. Here's my plan. Is every day this week, I'm going to drop one video on YouTube, um, Instagram. Now, when I say me, I think it's Davidson or something like that. But, but, but we're going to drop something. Uh, Laura. It's going to be Laura. Okay, Laura gets the, Laura gets the credit for the dropping. Uh, but, but we're going to drop one video. And, and it's going to be about two and a half minutes, three minutes. And it's going to be one more extra bit of archaeology or something that I think is pretty cool about this area. Uh, think of it as like deleted scenes or extra bonus material that, doesn't, that, d- that didn't quite make, make the cut today. Um, uh, so that's the way that I'm satisfying myself by not being able to say everything. And, and maybe, maybe, um, maybe you'll enjoy that. Now, I will warn you, they are rough. <laughs> they are raw. And um, maybe a little bit unpolished. I mean, I'm un- uh, the, the, the work was gr- great. I, I'm a little bit unpolished on them. But they're free. <laughs> so let's, let's just see. If you, if you like that stuff, you can let me know. And maybe I'll, I'll keep going with that. But, but that's out there. There's more, there's more coming this week. This series is called The Bible Lands and Biblical Faith. And we've looked at the Bible land area of Shechem. I hope you can start to really appreciate this area. But the question I have now is, what is the faith lesson from this area, specifically? This is what I think the faith lesson is. Keep running forward after Jesus. Keep running forward after Jesus. This is what I'm thinking. Shechem is, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, but the people in this area dug in when it came to their past spirituality, their, their spiritual heritage. Now, it's great to remember and cherish the significant Jesus moments of the past, our, our spiritual heritage, to, to be thankful for that and to, to enjoy that. It's, it's great for me to return to specific locations that, where I felt like I've met with Jesus, been impacted, and be full of praise and thankfulness for what God has done in my past or in my family's past. But we can't coast on our spiritual heritage. And we, we, we run into danger when we dig in to the past And we make that the thing, and we stop moving forward, running after Jesus. And this is especially true in these COVID days. I think there's people locked into how church was being done a year ago, and and haven't been able to let go of that in this season, and pursue Jesus for this season and what we have now and what we can do now. And they're just kind of waiting until this comes back. And, and, I, and I hope it comes back and I hope it comes back soon. I'm praying about that and all that kind of stuff. But, but we can't just coast on what we had a year ago. We have to always be in a mindset of moving forward after Jesus. We need to, regardless of whatever limits we're under, we need to keep going. We need to keep growing. Well, I'll start growing when things shift back. To, no, we got to keep learning. We got to keep listening to Jesus. We need to keep following Jesus forward, moving forward, running after him. In, in Hebrews chapter 12, we read this. Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us keeping our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith skipping down for it consider him 
who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. Do you feel weary spiritually? Do you feel like you've kind of given up a bit spiritually? You're just kind of waiting, waiting for, for things to kind of return. Or are you moving forward after Jesus? Do you find yourself kind of struggling with apathy or, or, or hungry these days? Are you maybe feeling like in a spiritual rut? One of the good assessments of how am I doing at running after Jesus? Now I say good assessments because it's convicting. <laughs> One of the good assessments that I can run on myself is, are the fruit of the Spirit, are the, are the, are the attributes of the Spirit's um, work in my life going up, are the fruit of the Spirit increasing in my life? Is my heart more full of love? Is my heart more full of joy? Is my heart more full of peace? Oh, Brian, stop. You're just, this is brutal. No, 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 no. These are, these are good soul questions to ask. And, and, and one that's brutal for me. Is my heart more full of patience? Or kindness? Or, or gentleness? Or goodness? Or faithfulness? Or, or is my heart more full of self-control? Do I have more of these in my life as I'm continuing to run after Jesus, moving forward after Jesus? And I encourage you, I encourage you in these days to run with perseverance, to run with endurance, the, fa the race marked out for you, which includes this, this leg of the, of the race. Coasting is a good way to get stuck. Coasting on what was last year in your spiritual journey, it's a good way to get stuck. Now, there's no judging here. There's no judging. No judging. No judging. Maybe you've had a bad year, okay? Okay, you've had a bad year. Okay, it's time to get back up again, and it's time to keep running, and we want to uh, help you, and we want you to join with us. And so we have this month here, February, uh, February prayer month, and we invite you to get up and run with us, or if you're already running, to join us and run with us. Run with us uh, to see our hearts and our lives uh, restored and refreshed uh, with Jesus. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, the challenge for today is join us in February prayer month. I encourage you to go onto the website, rehope.co.uk. Go on the prayer month thing and let us know that you're in, that you're, you're all in with us. And you can, you can click on that. Um, you can join us for whatever is convenient for you. We have... Um, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Prayer, prayer Zoom calls and all the information is on the website. And um, just remember, 8 is great when it comes to my soul and my spirit. And you can join us on these prayer calls. Uh, and then also there's going to be psalms that are written by people in our church. Uh, reflections of thankfulness and asking and things like that. People who are living through these days as well. Just like you. And, and who are reflecting on, on, on God and, and what's, what's going on here. I encourage you to join us th this month and to just lean in and, and see where that goes. I let me pray for us all. Let me pray for us all and, uh, and, and bless, bless us all. God, I am so thankful. Jesus, I'm so thankful. Uh, I, and I ask you to awaken our souls. Restore the joy of our salvation, renew right spirits within us, fan into flame uh, the gifts that you have given us. Uh, God, awaken, awaken our hearts 
uh, more. I, I pray that this month, uh, this February prayer month, would be a time of growing in those fruit of the Spirit. And seeing our souls become more on fire and more alive with you. Lead us forward, Jesus. As a church, as a people, and, and, and as individuals. Lead us forward. In Jesus' name, amen.